Welcome to the Growth Equation Podcast. We're your hosts, Brad Stahlberg and Steve Magnus. Brad, my man, what's going on today? Oh, not so much. I am really looking forward to today's podcast. It is a topic that's been on my mind uh, quite a bit recently, actually, for a number of reasons. It, it, at first, it can seem like a kind of bizarre topic, but once we get into it, I think y'all will see uh, why it is actually part and parcel of everything that we do. So before we jump into that, just a reminder that you too can be part of the Growth Equation Patreon group. What do you get for being a part of it? You get, you can have mastermind groups, you got exclusive guides, early access to podcasts, and of course our monthly book club, which as of this recording, we've got Alex Hutchinson of the wonderful book Endure coming on um, in the next couple days. So if you like talking to world-class authors every month, join on in. You can sign up and subscribe at patreon.com slash the growth equation. So what Steve uh, didn't mention there is another reason that we uh, have our Patreon is that we want to keep this podcast 100% independent and listener member supported. And one of the primary reasons for that is a segue into today's conversation, which is supplements. So we're constantly pitched various supplements that claim to do all sorts of miraculous things. And they would love to give us thousands of dollars to tout their purported benefits on our show. Unfortunately, when held up to scientific muster, most, if not all of these supplements, the greater the claim, the greater the bullshit, they just don't work. Now, we're recording this podcast on Monday, May 16th, a day before the primaries for the 2022 Congressional Senate and all sorts of other local races. In the state of Pennsylvania, On the Republican side, there is a vigorous primary unfolding right now, starring no other than Dr. Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz of The Dr. Oz Show, who was at one time in his life a very highly respected, well-trained cardiothoracic surgeon, turned talk show host, turned health conspiracy theorist peddler up the wazoo. This is the guy that promises to cleanse your colon with God knows what he wants you to send up there. And he's the front runner in a Republican primary for senator in a key swing state. He has the former President Donald Trump's endorsement. You've also got Alex Jones, the claim to fame Sandy Hook mass shooting denier, who has his own supplement line called InfoWars supplements. Can't make this up. I'm on his website right now. You can get Brain Force Plus. Forget a COVID vaccine. You can get Lung Cleanse Plus. Ingredientless, proprietary. Yet, don't take the vaccine. Now, Dr. Oz and Alex Jones are two of many people that embrace both crazy ass conspiracy theories, a kind of post-liberal, post-modern, post-truth politics, and also supplements. 
And it's pretty fascinating to explore because while those two are extreme examples, there seems to be a connection between individuals who get radicalized in other areas of their life and go all in on supplements. Now, let me be clear before I turn it over to Steve. We're not here to bash supplements. Occasionally, supplements work. When I was running tons of miles, I took calcium and vitamin D as an extra layer of protection against stress fractures. Now that I strength train, I don't eat much meat. I take creatine monohydrate. So I take supplements. I am not here to bash supplements point blank. They can be effective in certain situations. If you are on a particular diet, if you have an allergy, um, if there is a religious or ethical reason that you eat a certain way, there might be a very real need for supplements in your day-to-day life. However, what we're going to talk about is the extra mile, the lung cleanse plus, the brain boost, the ultra 12, the winter sun nasal spray. I kid you not, you can spray sun into your nose, says Alex Jones at InfoWars. Now, you might think this is nuts. You probably do because you're listening to our podcast. There's a lot of selection bias. We tend to select for sane people. But there are millions of people that take these supplements. The supplement industry is most recently valued at over $67 billion with a B. And I can promise you that's not coming from calcium, vitamin D, and multivitamins. So there's a big demand for this in the supply tends to be people that are wackadoos across the board. So let's dive in to the confluence of wackadoo extreme politics and wackadoo extreme quote-unquote wellness. What's going on here, Steve? Oh, man. This is a lot to unpack. So I I think we have a couple different things. I think first, what we have is the proprietors of this supplement explosion, which are often what I call grifters, right? They're people who sell the magic pill to make their buck and sell this false sense of certainty, hope, etc. And they're highly successful at it. I mean, you just mentioned the supplement industry is a billion dollar industry. And I think those people are taking advantage of other people who might be a little bit ignorant or might be um, predisposed to finding the magic secret, finding the magic cure. So I think we have all this kind of confluence of things all at once. To kind of step back, I think we have to ask, well, why do people go to supplements in the first place? And I think for not when... When we're talking about supplements that extend beyond your calcium, vitamin D, or myself taking iron when I was running a whole heck of a lot, because you tend to have low iron when you run a lot for a variety of reasons. So besides those kind of general health, you know, uh, supplements that actually have some good data behind them, what pushes people to do this? And I think it comes down to a pretty basic thing is A... We like the easy path. So taking a pill is easier than behavioral change. Okay. B, for a large percentage of the population, we like to think that we know something or have figured out something that runs counter to the the proposed or standard narrative. C, we like to, in this country 
as well, look down upon, I think, in a lot of ways, the kind of medical industrial complex. And for some, some of good, which is for good reason. Yeah. Yes. For some of which is for good reason, because medical care in the U.S. is kind of a disaster. Um, but because of this kind of disaster of the health care system, that almost frees you up to give the leeway to like discount everything in that field, especially if you have an influencer, grifter, proprietor of nonsense supplements telling you so. So it's almost like those grifters can take advantage of that that hole, that that uncertainty and say, hey, don't listen to all these doctors, researchers, et cetera. You can't trust any of the medical system. And I think it's th- for those reasons that you often see people go down this. And, and to conclude my kind of overview before turning it back over, I'll give you a, a, a brief story um, in my own family. And I won't name names here, but people have literally chosen supplements instead of the traditional medical care for major problems. And those supplements ended up being contaminated and contaminated with major drugs. And it caused some issues. And it definitely was a setback. And you might say, well, that won't happen to me. But if you look at the data, and I was looking at a couple studies before we hopped on this podcast, There was one study that showed about 15 to 20% of supplements were contaminated with steroids, like performance-enhancing steroids, drugs. That's a high percentage, okay? Well, you might say, oh, no, I'm not taking the the kind of supplements that, you know, contribute to steroids. Well, a different study that looked at supplements that were labeled as, like, best-selling or top-selling on Amazon, (laughs) which is where everybody buys everything, up to 50% of supplements were contaminated with ingredients or contained ingredients that were not listed on the bottle, some of which were drugs, others which were potentially harmful ingredients, not, not drugs, but harmful ingredients that you know some individuals might not need to take or might need to know what's in them. So this is a major problem because supplements are also not regulated at all. You and I, Brad, could start a supplement company tomorrow and probably start making much more money than we do now. So all of this kind of confluence of things kind of combines together and creates a real problem and a real problem that grifters, I'll call them, like Dr. Haas, maybe, or Alex Jones, take advantage of. So one quick thing that listeners might be um, wondering excuse me, that's worthwhile to point out is the gold standard for safe supplements is a seal called NSF. Um, I believe it stands for certified for sport. I'm not even sure what the N stands for, but um, I've had conversations with people that are nutritionists that think a lot more about this. So here's what I'd say. If you're an elite, elite athlete, if you're someone that gets paid to do sport, you probably shouldn't take any supplements without consulting your coach, your team doctor, so on and so forth. If you're just a regular old person that is considering taking a supplement, I would highly recommend going to the NSF certified for sport, checking their database, making sure that you purchase something from one of their providers. All right. So that's a very concrete thing. Now, the other thought that I had is in addition to those reasons that you mentioned, I think that 
It can also be helpful to look at the increase in supplements and radical conspiracy theories and tribalization at the same time as the decrease in religion and spirituality. So, it used to be that the number one place people went for their insecurities was to religion. And if not to religion, to what a humanist or a humanistic psychologist might call to love or productive activity. So it's hard being a human. Life is impermanent. All sorts of stuff is uncertain. We would turn to religion, to community where religion was practiced, or to other forms of non-dogmatic spirituality, such as love, caring, productive activity, craftspersonship, and so on, to deal with that insecurity. As opportunities for those things have either declined, or in some cases, the dogmatic religion itself, the church, has paired up with the grift because ultimately it's a profit-seeking machine. To be clear, not all churches, but some for sure. What's ended up happening is people don't have healthier outlets to deal with their fear and existential anxiety. So a supplement that promises to help you live longer and to live better is very similar to some sort of totalitarian or authoritarian saying, hey, I've got all the answers. If you just vote for me, don't worry, you'll be safe. And you pair the two together, and I think what you ultimately get is we're worshiping, but our new priests and rabbis and imams are Dr. Oz and Alex Jones. And when I say are, I certainly don't mean me and you and probably not listeners of this podcast, but for a lot of people. And whereas with religiosity, you used to have certain diets, you keep, you keep kosher, you observe Ramadan, you have Lent. With this new kind of extremism, you're a part of the religion, you take the supplements, or you go keto or carnivore or whatever it is. So I really think it's a confluence of all these factors. And I think underlying it is people's inability to deal with uncertainty. Health is extremely complex and uncertain. Longevity is completely complex and uncertain. Policymaking is completely complex and uncertain. The same goes for geopolitics and foreign relations. And it's really hard to sit with shit that is complex and uncertain. So if someone comes along and offers you certainty in the form of a policy platform persona in pill and packages it all up, then you've basically got religion in a bottle. So uh, I, I think you're spot on, and I'm glad you brought this up. And there's actually some good research on this, which I've been doing lately for another project. Is there's all sorts, there's about a dozen different theories on uncertainty and existential threat and pushing us to fill that void somewhere. And where we used to fill that void, as you astutely pointed out as religiosity or some sort of meaning or whatever have you. And when we don't have that 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 thing to fill our void with, then we seek it out somewhere. And that somewhere is also often groups that give us that self-assurance or that assurance that the world makes sense. I think there's one other piece here that ties into that that kind of existential threat, which is 
particularly strong in the supplement world, which is dealing with the fact that we are fragile, aging human beings that will die. And supplements often promise to help almost be our fountain of youth for that, right? They allow us to be stronger, have more endurance, live longer, fix all of our problems, take care of that knee ache or joint pain that you have, make it go away. So we turn to these as our modern fountains of youth. And they fulfill this, again, this it almost calms this this existential anxiety, this chronic low-grade fever of anxiety that we have about our aging bodies that are eventually working their ways to death. So not only does it it supplements like fill that group identity or that kind of, you know, purpose identity tied to someone, it also kind of gets rid of that existential dread tied to death and our mortality. And I th- I think this is if you look back, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, you look at the 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 pastors, preachers who were on late night television hawking stuff. What were they hawking? Not necessarily supplements, but salvation plus like magic water if you send in, you know, $25 to their program. It's the same kind of deal that has just shifted in towards like this modern world where there's no regulation whatsoever. And And the last thing I'd say as well, is that I think identity plays a big role in this. It's not only filling this religiosity, you know, gap or meaning gap that we have, but it's also we don't have communities. We don't have this strong sense of group self. Well, if you buy the same supplement line, if you follow the same supplement preacher, provider, we'll call them, you're now part of like you're cementing your identity around this this thing which gives you this false sense of group, self, community, and certainty that you otherwise wouldn't have. All right. So let's also hit on supplements that may work for certain people in certain situations, because I think it's important to do this. Um, We are not dietitians or nutritionists, but we've both spent a lot of time working with elite performers in sport and in the traditional workplace who are always wanting to get better. So we've got to know at least enough on this topic uh, to, to be valuable. I'll go first, Steve, you fill in any missing blanks. So from a sport performance standpoint, if you're competing in strength and power, and again, this is all NSF certified, non-contaminated stuff. That's the best seal. If you're competing in strength and power sports, creatine monohydrate is very effective for responders. About 40 to 60% of people respond. If you're not a responder, you're just not lucky. If you are, you tend to gain about five pounds of water weight in your muscle, but that water weight helps your muscles hold more glycogen, which is fuel for activity. So creatine monohydrate can be effective for power sports. If you are an endurance athlete, Beet juice, which is not really a supplement, uh, it's a juice, but it can be sold as beet shots, so on and so forth. Make sure it's NSF certified, is shown to help with vasodilation. So expanding your vascular, um, your veins, 
to allow more blood and oxygen to get pumped to the muscles and the heart back and forth more quickly. If you have a history of stress fractures, Steve could speak to this better than me. Vitamin plus calcium can vitamin D plus calcium can be helpful in some instances. For the general public that is just looking to be their best, research on multivitamins is mixed. The broad pattern is that you basically just pee it out. There are some studies that show that for the chance of harm, there's very little downside if you can afford a multivitamin to taking one. And then if you have very specific deficiencies, so as Steve mentioned, if you go to the doctor and your hematocrit is way low because you're anemic, then an iron supplement under the supervision of a physician or dietitian that specializes in anemia can be helpful. Another area where there's a fair amount of debate is with fish oil. The research is pretty clear that the best way to get fish oil is from eating fish. If you don't have access to eating fish, if it's against your ethics, then fish oil supplementation probably falls into the category of greater potential for help with little likelihood of harm, again, assuming it's, assuming it's got an NSF stamp. Uh, and that is just because, as Steve said, the FDA doesn't regulate any of this, so we have to trust these third-party regulating bodies. And I sound like a broken record. We don't get paid by them. Um, but about a month ago, I got into a discussion with a guy named Andy Gelpin, who thinks about this stuff all the time on what supplements are safe to take. If any, he led me down a rabbit hole of looking into NSF. And it turns out that there is not a case of an NSF supplement being tainted in elite sport, which is a pretty good reputability given how often elite athletes are tested. Yeah. The only thing I'd add there is, uh, there's some good work if you're looking at sport performance on uh, beta alanine, which essentially acts as a, a buffer against kind of acidosis. So anything moderately to high intense, like a middle distance run, uh, there's some good evidence there. And then also your, your basic, you know, if you're looking at strength, power, recoverability, um, there's some good research on branch chain amino acids, which can help um, if you're not getting adequate or great protein in- intake um, from food. And even there, because I'm in strength training mode, um, I would just recommend eating a well-balanced diet. And if you're not doing that, then searching for a well-balanced protein powder. So a whey protein powder generally is going to have the right ratios of branch chain amino acids. And um, now there are brands that make vegan protein powders that also have a really nice balance of those branch-chained amino acids. But these are like, you know, talk about diminishing marginal returns. This is the top 5% of performance where it matters where your protein is coming from. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, but all of these things are. I wouldn't take creatine unless I was actually training for something. I wouldn't take beta-alanine unless I was actually competing on the track for something i wouldn't take beetroot juice unless i was like actually competing in a marathon so i think you know that's it maybe this is a important point so many of these things that actually do quote unquote work are what i'd call like final percenters which means if i'm a college athlete or that level or above trying to eke out another second in my 1500 or mile time sure i might try you know beta alanine because as long as again and all all the caveats we listed 
uh, because like I'm I'm pushing my training to that level. If I'm not, if I'm a weekend warrior who loves signing up for a 5K, don't worry about the beet juice or whatever have you. And I think I think that kind of what holds. And and the other message I'd give on supplements is it's much better to address in your diet first. And if you can't for whatever reason, then then it looks at supplementation. And I think iron is the perfect example from this um, because, again, if you're training at a high level, often it's hard to consume, process, take in enough iron to make a difference. So we'll end with a, a light note warning here, which is if you're an endurance athlete, particularly if you're a triathlete, you triathletes love to squeeze out every percent of performance. A warning on beet juice. It turns your pee bright red. I know this because back in the day when I was swimming in the Oakland YMCA master swim group, there was someone in the swim class, no, this was not me, who was spouting the benefits of beet juice for their nitric acid and vasodilation. And this person peed in the pool one day and it was just bright red. And at first everyone was really worried. We're like, Oh no, this person's in kidney failure. And no, it turns out they had just taken a shot of beet juice with their breakfast. So time the beet juice before your master swim session or get out of the pool to pee. And, um, then you should be safe with your beet juice supplementation. So that's a funny story. Uh, in all, in all seriousness, I hope that this podcast was really insightful. Um, hopefully we helped connect the dots on these kind of bizarre confluences of extremist ideologies with extremist supplements and conspiracy theories. And, um, when you get to the heart of it, they're all part of the same syndrome, which is Steve so eloquently said is really just, uh, one way to handle fear in a way that we would argue is not very skillful. Um, so that's, that's what we got. If you like the podcast, a couple of things, again, check out our Patreon, support us there, get all kinds of great stuff for as little as $5 a month, www.patreon.com backslash the growth equation. And please share the show with your friends, with your colleagues, with your family members. The best way to grow a podcast is word of mouth. And if you really dig it, leave a rating and review on Spotify or Apple or wherever else you may be listening. And I'm going to leave the listeners with one more piece of practical advice. If you want to go down the rabbit hole of supplements, I would highly recommend checking out the website uh, examine.com, which does a great job of evaluating, linking to all of the scientific research on basically all the supplements because it can be incredibly ex overwhelming. So go there for reputable evidence and don't get lost in the rabbit hole of supplement craziness online. Thanks for listening to the Growth Equation podcast. Learn more about our work and find show notes at our website www.thegrowtheq.com. Follow us on Twitter at B. Stahlberg and at Steve Magnus. And if you like what you listen to, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as this goes a long way in helping it reach others.